What does it mean to defend the rights of the poor and needy? Recently, I had a chance to sit down and have a conversation with my friend Erica Martin. She's the children's pastor at Vanguard Church, and in the midst of our national crisis, I especially wanted her perspective about Proverbs thirty-one nine, which says, "Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy." Erica's insights are thought-provoking, and I want to share these with you in this podcast. So let's play the intro, and then I invite you to listen in on our conversation. What truth are we speaking into the next generation? What legacy are we creating for those we care about? Are we making a difference so that our kids will know Jesus? Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and the answers to these questions really matter to me. And if you're a Christ follower, I'm sure they matter to you too. I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me ministry, and we are convinced that there's power in our Jesus stories, that God's Word is life-changing, and that discipleship doesn't have to be intimidating. So join us as we talk about faith, Scripture, relevant topics, intentional discipleship, and the next generation. Friends, it starts with a conversation. So let's get going on this podcast right now. I am here with my friend, Erica Martin. I'm so excited to get to talk to you today. Thank you for spending a few moments with me. Of course. Thank you for asking me. This is great. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I just was praying for an African-American friend. A few years ago, I was like, everybody around me is white, and I want an African-American friend. And it was somewhere in that season that God sent you to Vanguard Church. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) And for whomever is listening to this podcast who does not know Erica Martin, she is just gorgeous inside and out. So God could not have answered that question in a better way. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Erica, you are in your thirties, 31. Yes. And you have a little boy Yes, and he is, he's six, six and a half half Mm -hmm. now. You're a single mom. Yes. And you're on staff here at Vanguard Church. Yes. What do you do with that? I am the executive administrator. Okay. Yes. And, um, the elementary director. Is Jeremiah officially in your section of the church now? Yes, it's awesome. We kind of crossed over at the same time because I used to be the preschool director and the nursery director at the same time. And uh, when I got a new position as the elementary director, he moved up with me. So yeah, we're together. I love that. It's so cool. Well, we are talking this summer about the book of Proverbs with Family Disciple Me. And As our nation has gone into this crisis, it has changed the way that we've been going about these conversations. Obviously, the Word of God is full of truth. It's just a question of which nuggets are we going to pick out at any given time. And so this summer, we are specifically talking about verses of character and verses of relationship and what does God have to say to us through those things and teaching our children. We're sitting here as two moms, and I really think the only way that this is ever going to change is in how we train our children. Absolutely. And how we speak the truth of God's word into them, how we teach them to treat other people. Mm -hmm. I'm curious your 
your take on this verse. Proverbs 31, 9 says, speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And I looked into the Hebrew of the words poor and needy, and basically they mean the afflicted, Mm -hmm. the oppressed, Mm -hmm. um, those who are in want. It doesn't just mean their financial circumstances. And yet I wondered in using that verse in talking about this whole national crisis, if that is offensive to pull that verse into the conversation. So funny. So when everything first happened, um, it was that Wednesday after the George Floyd incident. And I don't say anything on social media, typically, like when it involves like world things. Um, I try to keep myself pretty. I have opinions, but I keep them to myself, right? And uh, that was the first verse that came to me. And I actually posted it with what I posted online. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? He knows what he's doing. So um, that one, and it, it spoke to me as well because it does mean afflicted. It does mean oppressed. It doesn't, like you said, mean financially poor. It means people that are hurting. You you stand up for them. You use your voice because their voice, although they have one, might be great, but the majority isn't hearing it. So use that to help them. And uh, that's why I picked it. I was like, we need to have conversations and this is helpful and it's necessary because if people aren't talking to each other, to their kids, to their family members, then nothing changes. So that was the, that's awesome that that's, that's a conversation piece. That's amazing. Isn't that great? That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So then along the lines of that verse, since it is the specific verse that God gave you, it's the verse that we're talking about with Family Disciple Me this week. I have actually really enjoyed working on this conversation because as I've dug deeper and deeper into it, I believe that God is telling us to do for others what he does for us. Mm -hmm. He is our defender. He is the one who judges fairly. He is the one who's going to make all the wrongs right. Right. Talk to me about that for you. So right now as a church, we're going through the Like Jesus series, and we've been telling the kids to be like Jesus. You're loving, you're you're bold, um, you're caring, you're understanding. And so this, again, <laughs> fits very much in alignment with that. Uh, we want to look like Jesus. We want to love like Jesus. We want to use our words for good like Jesus. But we're not Jesus. We're not God. It's not our place to judge. It's not our place to tell others what they should be doing. We can plant seeds and we can have conversations, but ultimately it's up to them and their heart and the change that occurs that produces fruit from that. The judging part to me is is what it just hurts because <laughs> people are people and we judge regardless. Um, and if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be in charge of that, then it's it's not fair, but he is fair and he He allows us to take a step back from ourselves and so that he can present himself. That's a really good perspective. Thank you. When Jesus first spoke at the temple, Luke 4, he shows up, he gets the scroll of Isaiah handed to him. And it's those verses that he um, reads the prophecy of Isaiah. I'm here to declare freedom to the captives, liberty to the oppressed. Max Lucado described that moment when Jesus opened the scroll and read those words, freedom, Mm. liberty, justice. How does that strike you in this season? In this season, I am very, I'm very proud of the generation 
that's below me. Um, cause I'm a millennial, but there are people that are younger than me that are very, very outspoken and recognizing that we live in the land of the free, but we're not all free. There is a very big noticeable difference in wages and treatment and all of the things that my people have had to go through. And so I think we're working towards ultimate freedom. Um, I don't see it as something that's going to occur soon, but we're getting there. Mm. And um, I think for so long, we've just had the perception of we're, we're all free. We're all the same, but it's not true. We're kind of free-ish mm. right now. What does it look like for you as an African-American woman, as a mother um, of an African-American biracial Mm -hmm. child? What does it look like for you to be valued Mm. by people? I think just to see me to people say, oh, I don't, I don't see color and I don't want that because who I am I'm a black woman. And to see that and recognize that and value that and love that, but don't just hold me to that because I'm more than that. And I think that's how we should see everyone. I think that's how people should see each other as just human beings with rights and with real heartbeats and with ambitions and with goals and not like I have a friend that um, when she applies for jobs, she doesn't put her first name because it sounds very ethnic hmm. and she's fearful that she won't get jobs. And that hurts. It's like we don't have to just see ourselves as, as that or see other people as that because we're just, we're more than that. Uh, and so I think the word that I keep seeing is image bearer. We're all image bearers of God. And if we recognize that in each other, then the world is easier and there will never be perfect peace on earth. And that's okay. But I think seeing us for who we really are is, is the goal. I'm curious about what would you speak into families as far as them discipling the next generation, particularly regarding this national crisis? Um, I think understanding and empathy is one of the big things that I've taken away is, again, to be like Jesus. He was understanding. And um, we had a lesson a couple weeks ago, and I was the like the closer of that lesson. And um, I said, if we want to be like Jesus, then we understand and we're empathetic when people around us are hurting, we may not have hurt them and we don't know what they're going through, but we, we can weep with them and know that their hearts are hurting and we can, we can take that to our father. Um, and just understanding of differences and cause God made us beautiful and we all look different. There was a time that I purposefully for one of our videos, I wore my hair, my hair down in like a big fro. So little girls like me could see me and say, okay, that's awesome. Like I am beautiful because God made me beautiful. I have a beautiful heart. I can be like him. So that was one of the, my, my still, my big, big takeaways is I want kids and families to know that we may not all be in the same boat. My story is going to be different than another mom's story that has a little black boy that's growing up, but I can understand and I can empathize. My story is going to be different than yours, but I can still understand and empathize your hurt because you're my friend and you empathize with me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's huge. And once we are at a place of like humbling ourselves and understanding and empathizing with people, we will automatically almost start to look like Jesus Mm -hmm. and we can love others well and we can love God well because we're, we're, we're getting at his heart because we want our hearts to break for what his heart breaks for. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for letting me ask you some questions today and just being radiant 
for Jesus everywhere you go. And I just pray blessings over you and over Jeremiah. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful that God sent me an African-American friend. God brings beauty. He brings beauty through all whom he has created. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful to be in friendship with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this podcast. You know, obviously there are many people who need to be spoken up for and defended. The question is not whether we should live this biblical mandate, but who specifically God is calling each of us as families and individuals to do this for. I challenge you to dive into this conversation with your family. The link to the conversation about Proverbs 31.9 is available in the show notes. Don't miss the opportunity to talk about defending others with those entrusted to you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His countenance toward you. And as you mirror His character of defending others, may He give you and yours peace.